0: This is The Writer's Voice, new fiction from The New Yorker. I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor at The New Yorker. On this episode of The Writer's Voice, we'll hear George Saunders read his story, Elliot Spencer, from the August 19, 2019 issue of the magazine. Saunders won the Man Booker Prize in 2017 for his novel, Lincoln in the Bardo. He's the author of four story collections, including In Persuasion Nation and 10th of December. Now here's George Saunders.
1: Elliot Spencer. Today is to be parts of the... parts of my... Sure, please do. Point at parts of me while saying the name of it off our list of words worth knowing. Age spot. Finger. Wrist. At wrist, Jerry says, This one's been broken, seems like. Then pokes. Ouch, he says. Yes, I say. Groin. Waist. You are no spring chicken, says Jerry. I do not understand what you just said. Please explain. I say, You were not young, Jerry says. Your body is not the body of a young person. Oh, that's cool, I say. That's cool, Jer. Jer shakes his head his certain way, meaning, 89, you crack my ass up. Long ago, perhaps one week, we had explain time due to figure of speech, crack my ass up. All asses are pre-cracked, turns out, even mine which Jer helped me learn by taking a phone photo. Arm, leg, navel, scar, on stomach, penis. All morning we continue learning and learning until no part of me remain. And at night, all night, as every night, a tape playing in here helps improve me our syntax. Have we done bellow, Jer says makes loud startling sound now you jer says i bellow so what are we going to be bellowing at jer says whoever's standing across from us whoever is standing across from us i say feel free to bellow words or phrases he says hello i bellow you are always so good at everything 89 he says then pours into me, so generous, by saying them some words I may wish to bellow. Bastard. Turd. Creep. Idiot. May we do defining? I say. Uh, sure, Jerry says. Turns out, all mean same. Bastard equal individual standing across from us. Turd equal individual standing across from us. Creep, equal individual standing across from us. Idiot, equal individual standing across from us. 89, I have always so far called you 89, jerry says, but tomorrow you are to become Greg. How's that? I am Greg, I say. Will be, jerry says, tomorrow. Tomorrow is, guess what, job one day. Exciting. Have been waiting long for job one day. Job one turns out per jer is high and noble as all get out. Per jare, I will stand for freedom, for poor and sick, will defend weak from oppressors. More defining with help of handy picks. Freedom equal cartoon bird flies above land, smile on beak. Poor equals sad child pockets sticking out of pants. Sick equal thin guy in bed, X's for eyes. Weak equal guy in desert, trying to reach water glass, failing. Oppressor equal tall guy with monster face, stick stick into body of weak as, in four handy picks in row, weak gets more weak with each poke. Why do oppressors wish to poke weak, I say. They're bad, says Jerr. Have to be stopped. From doing that, I say. Correct, though, says Jer, and you're a big part of the solution. What the what? As Jer might say. Never have I felt being me to be so worth it so far. Job one day. Bus, Jer says, cohort. Cohort equal many new pals on bus. All like me. In greens. Rumbling and we move. Talk among yourselves, Jarrah says. We do. We do so. Each of us say our names. I say mine of Greg. That one is Larry. That one is Vince. So is that one. And that one. And that one. This one is Greg like me. As is that one. That one, Greg also. So is that one, Greg, near the front. Here is Connor. Seven Connors in all. Eight Williams. All happy. Except Jer. Jer, on phone. Hey, nice naming, Roberta, and that was your one damn job. Cranky, I say, cranky pants. Guess what, 89? Jer says softly. You talk better than any of these other galoots. True. My cohort speaks rather baby, somewhat lowly. Because of you, Jer, I say. Rumbling ends. Ready, pal, Jer says, to bellow. Hope so, I say. Jer and other equal supervisors lead us to trees. But something wrong. Our tree in our handy pick has squirrel. No squirrel at all near these trees. They better fix our handy pick. Supervisors say, take off greens, fold and leave here, then give us new, of various colors. I look at ourselves naked with a rather shyness, having only previous seen own penis, groin gut, in own room valiant mirror. We dress quickly, follow Jer and supervisors down hill. Small white flowers bob as we... Say, I have not walked this far in, well, ever. There they are, Jer says. And yes, there they, so many bastards, turds, creeps, idiots, standing across from us. Between them and us, long low area, I would term river. Filled not with water, though, but police looking nervous. I feel shy being first to bellow, but love Jer so much I just bellow. Others join. Greggs, Connors, Williams, Vinces, all join, bellowing until our throat actually hurts. Bastard, turd, creep, idiot, one Connor bellows. What a creative way to... He just runs them all together. Do we ever stand for sick and poor, defend weak from oppressors by bellowing at those bastard, turd, creep, idiot? Across that approximate police river, Oh, small white flowers underfoot. Oh, in each five treetops, birds. Sometimes a small branch will drop, as if sung down by bird. Well done, Jerris says on bus. Really good job, everybody. Green's brought back and we redress. Get ready, Jeris says. Then it is root beer, which I have never, none of us has. Suddenly in love with root beer and would like another. Can we? We may. All the way home, warm, happy, root beer, blur. Jerry looks over, gives wink of, 89, you did good. Which sure, of course, will well one's heart. Room Valiant has intercom problem. A crackle will come. All in Room Valiant may then clearly hear who are out there talking, while they, out there talking, do not know it. Once, for example, long ago, last week, Kennedy B. talking on phone to boyfriend Kevin. I shop, I cook, said Kennedy B., plus I have a job I actually have to, like, go to. Meg, there with me and Jer in room valiant, gave Jer a look of, ha, we are hearing Kennedy B. on phone and she does not know it. Then put finger to lips, meaning, if quiet, we'll hear more. That is not work, Kevin. Kennedy B. said, I do not consider letting Jeeves in and out actual work. When someone starts sending you a check for that or for scooping its poop, that is a job, in my view. We should probably get that thing fixed, Meg said. Oh, gosh, said Kennedy B. Is that on? Did you guys hear me just now? No, Jer said. I'm not talking to you, babe, Kennedy B. said. I'm talking to Jerry and Meg. Today, me alone in room valiant, here comes same Crackle. Here's what I don't get, Meg says. Why does he need age spot? Why pre-cracked? Right? Big waste. He just needs to know enough so we can move his old ass around. Are we making butlers up in here? Substitute hubbies for widows? Are we back to that? I wish, Kennedy B says sadly. Honestly, says Jer, it floats my boat. This shit gets pretty boring butlers, hubbies, widows, floats, boat, shit. I did not understand what you just said. Please explain, I say. Beautiful, you heard all that, says Jer. Yes, I say. Go to sleep, 89, Meg says. Big day tomorrow. Job two tomorrow, Jer says. You've been approved for job two. Because of how good you did on job one, says Meg. Isn't that great? You're really going places, 89, says Kennedy B. Job two. Again bus. Arrive at whole new site. Some ladies step out from separate bus. For them to change behind? Scrim. Which our supervisors term unfortunate scrim. While doing mad winking. Ladies go in green and come out in clothes of various. One cannot get shoe on and, smiling itself, shakes head, tosses shoe. Takes off other shoe, tosses. As if to say, oh heck, who needs shoes to bellow? We men enter, unfortunate scrim, which still smells somewhat lady-ish. Here are the ladies' green clothes heaps. All freeze. Our eyes go a little blank. Break it up, says Jer, alarm mid. Dream on, says Supervisor Marty. Like that's happening, says Jer. And thrust into our arms, clothes bundles anew. Today I am white sweater, blue pants, floppy tan hat. Through bouncing walking heads of our cohort, playground. Like it's handy pick. Except not. Another wrong handy pick. This playground has no children chasing butterfly. Only police. Standing unhappy. One sitting in swing. His police friend gives him a stick poke, which hops him to his feet, while his swing just swings. He who hopped looks at me direct. I try a wink. No go. That police must not feel like winking. Beyond police, Big crowd of bastard turd creep idiots. We bellow. What loudness for good we make. Then something occurs. One bastard turd creep idiot suddenly is over here, on our side, among us, bellowing at us. So close I can see his sore on lip. The quietest Greg gives him a slap. He slaps quiet Greg right back. Our largest Vince moves a fist to face of Bastard Turd Creep Idiot. Bastard Turd Creep Idiot goes down, no longer bellowing, just covering face, ducking down Meek. Several Williams, a slim Connor, three Vinces gather rough around him. Their feet and legs start going. Say, that must... that must really... I withdraw, breathing hard, Here is a small bathroom house that really smells like it. I sit inside against one of its wall, heart leaping in bad manner. Is brief rest fine during job? Hope so. Here comes Jer. What the hell are you doing in here, 89? He says, Jesus, come on. Greg. I say, Greg, right, sure, whoever, says Jer. Dragged by Jer past Water Fountain, which runs on and though no one drinking from, past three baby trees wired to ground, pushed by dear Jer back over with my who boy, my Connors, Greg, Vince's, my good old Jer. Kudos, Jer. No root beer for me, thanks on way home, because of crying. I know crying. I just have never done it. I cry and cry. Jer softly close to me What are you doing, 89? Why are you crying? Me, I don't know. Sorry, sorry. Jer, stop. You need to stop. Do you see anyone else on this bus crying? No, I say. Kicking Connor and the kicking Williams and kicking punching Vinces are just happily drinking root beer. Take this, Jer says. Gives me a small white bit of... Jer, you always have my back, Jer. Thank you dear you do not want my cohort to see me crying and i do not want my cohort to see me crying too eat he says eat it dummy you can't just hold it it's a pill eat it mere sex later don't feel sad at all though face still wet i feel pretty darn good and sleepy pretty darn good pretty darn sleepy if slumping down and with left eye look out window Nighttime farms fly by. Why must all nighttime farm windows be orange? Is a sweet mystery to think upon, is down to sleep you. Must be night as heat is on. Feel like taking sweaty greens off. Do so. Start again crying. Why crying again? That kicking, that kicking, that punching, that darn beat down. That word springs into my... Just like snap. And just like snap, I know, beatdown is, kicking, kicking, punching, in alley. What the what? As Jeremite say, from where did that... And just like snap, I know, alley is, wet, black floor outside, with music coming from back of Tom's Dizzy Oasis. Music. Huh. Tom's Dizzy Oasis, huh? To who did beatdown happen? To whom? To whom did Allie beat beatdown to music behind Tom's Dizzy Oasis happen to? Me, I say. Greg. No, I say. Eighty-nine, I say. No, I say. Silence. Room Valiant does its usual hum-clack-clack. Then a sound like something medium just dropped off table, although nothing did. Elliot Spencer, I say. Hum-clack-clack, hum-clack-clack. Elliot Spencer, Elliot Spencer, I say. Jerry comes in, bearing breakfast. A9, Christ, put some clothes on, he says. Elliot Spencer. I say. Jer drops breakfast. In come Meg and Kennedy B. You're not in trouble, 89, says Meg. Hope not, I say. Smells like O.J. in here, says Kennedy B. But who is Elliot Spencer, says Meg. Me, I say. Was. Was me. Was when. Says Kennedy B. Was you when? Before, I say. Jer, eyes go wide. Taps knuckle on table once, two, three. Before when? Says Kennedy B. Before I came here, I say. In van. Egads, says Meg. And you were there, I say to Jer. Look on Jer's face says, is still holding breakfast, would drop it again. Per Meg, we hasty redo my scrape test, in which Jer runs by me some words. Do I know them or in the slightest recall, Schenectady? No. Coleman Street Bridge? No. Reverend Barry Knox? No. There you go, Jer says, clean. I don't know, says Meg. Freaks me out. The name? The van? Freaks me out. We need 40, Jerry says. Do we have 40? We have 30, says Meg, counting 58 and 31. Don't count 58 and 31, says Kennedy B. 58 can't take the simplest directive, says Meg. And God forbid someone asks 31 a freaking question, says Kennedy B. Meg. Maybe let's don't do this in front of... By which she means me. 89's cool, Jer says. Right, 89? Hope so, I say. And I do. Hope so, I am cool. For sake of Jer. Good old Jer. Kudos, Jer. Who leaves behind own family every morning deep in Burberry states, Sandy. Ryan. Little Jerry baby flint who each night they await your return as each morning i await your return jer who in early times my brain so blank slate all i could say was blig 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 taught me word upon word in his good firm impatient voice in room valiant with his sometimes macaroni breath pal means friend who is my one and only pal and friend in world so far jer jer alone today is job 3 per jer real biggie real biggie equal more big than anything yet in terms of our standing for poor and sick defending weak from oppressors job 3 site is in wild grass field where per jer indians once started up there on hill, then swept whooping down past here. Up there now, from where long ago Indians started down, chicken fuego. I could go for some of that, says Supervisor Marty. More bastard turd creep idiots than ever before. Jer nervous. Marty nervous. All supervisors nervous. Police nervous. Hey, check this out, says Marty. Is that a friggin' arrowhead? bends to get. Ugh, oh, stupid regular rock, says Marty. Throws it foam pole. Uh-oh, says Jer. Suddenly, two bastard turd creep idiots, arms joined as one, come flying through police, into us, are among us. Punch goes the Vince with the long hair. Kick goes him and two Connors. A Vince with short hair gives a kick. Soon a crowd is around those down-punched down-kick too. Here comes three additional to rescue their more Greggs and Vince and Connors rush over. Soon their rescue men need rescue. One rescue man is a true fighter. Too bad for him. To stop his fighting takes so many punches and kicks that soon no way is he getting up or fighting or moving at all. Some Chicken Fuego folks on break look down upon us, hands on heads as if they find our fighting amazing. What a clusterfuck, Jer says. Eek, shit, cameras, says Marty. Coming down former Indian Hill line of men and ladies with, I guess, cameras? They're cameras different from camera in our handy pick, which is to be held in one hand by smiling grandma pointing it at Moose in Canyon. Why is it all them over here and us beating them up, says Jer? Why can't we get a few of us over there and them beating us up? Good question, says Marty. All across the world, country, whatever, who right now looks like the bad guy, says Jer? We do, says Marty. Long-haired Vince wanders out from the fighting. Vince, hey, buddy. Up for a challenge? Fun challenge? Vince drops into a weary sit, looking down at one red hand, like one red glove. Poor Jer, my pal. Woke happy today, but no, job three, real biggie, is clusterfuck. My sad pal. Does so much for all, with his so many worries at home, such as Sandy about to leave his sorry ass. For Terrence, new-age douche, at her work, unless Jer gets some shorter work hours going pronto. I place myself so Jer's eyes may find me. Eighty-nine, Jer says, Greg. Jer comes close, voice goes soft. I need you to do me a solid, eighty-nine, Jerry says, will you, for the job, for me, for Meg, for Kennedy B. For you, I say. Over I go, between two police. Where's that old far he's going? Shouts one. Over there, I say. Then am among bastard turd creep idiots. Bellowing bastard turd creep bellowing idiot. Heads turn. Eyes go, why so rude? Then come fists. Once I am good and down, kicks. Ouch, ouch. Everything going as planned. Jer, please see. Please see my beatdown. Then this beatdown starts reminding of, from long ago times, other beatdowns, such as... Elliot Spencer, under bridge. Just like Snap, his money he got from returning shit-ton of empties is gone. Who took? Grady. Grady brought wine. After wine, Grady held rock, gave wink, then wham. Damn you, Grady, you took my damn... Asleep after, pebble under hip. Oh, aching head. Oh, so blotto. Sleep through whole thunderstorm. Everyone against me. Always. All my life. Not fair. Not my fault. Tomorrow better borrow some bucks from the sal if I can trick that dumb bitch. Morning and... Oh, aching head. Wake up wet from rain. The place to poop is near the old fridge. Oh, please, wine. The kicks and punches keep ouch, ouch, coming. In memory? From Skanky Trey and his fuck buddy Len. From Rhett, boyfriend of Sylvia. From three rich kids and their short-skirt gals, one of who pours a drink down on me. Here, drunk, she says, drunken. Lee, have a drink, drunk. Laugh, laugh, laughs from the other short skirts. The kicks and punches also keep, ouch, ouch, coming in real life. From tightening, chanting crowd of bastard, turd, creep, idiots. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Through my fingers catch red glimpse of Jer, pushing guy with camera near, so camera will see and show what needs to be seen and, I guess, shown? Then comes so much real life beat down, I put head down with eyes closed and hands over ears so as not to hear the thump crack ouch of it all. You are the man, says Jer. Hope so, I say. Then open my one eye that still can. Am not in room valiant, at all. Cat hops up top fancy book pile. As you seem to be noting 89. Meg says, this is not room valiant. That cat, says Kennedy B., your cat. Those pictures on that bookshelf, says Meg, you when young. Meant to be you when young, says Kennedy B. This is a rental. We rented it, says Jer. And created those pictures using face blend, says Meg. I love this one, says Kennedy B. You look so happy to be hunting. With your son, says Meg. Greg Jr., says Jer. It's like a game, Meg says. We're playing that all along, all your life, this has been your home. Greg's home. Cool, right? 89, have we done wino, says Jer. Jer shows handy pick for wino. Guy in smushed top hat, X for eyes, red cheeks, lying on side under lamp pole, fancy man in not smushed top hat, Steps over him, holding on nose. So, I'm just going to say it, Jer says. That was you. Most of your life. Spent a lot of time shit-faced down by the river. No kids, no wife, hadn't worked in 15 years, in and out of jail. Big wino. Disgusting drunk. And who wants to be that guy, says Meg. You know, I mean, good riddance. To bad riddance, says Kennedy B., What a victory, though, right, when you think of it, says Jer, old worthless wino who, in his life, did a lot of regrettable things, was a burden to all, now, late in the game, gets a chance to start doing some pretty wonderful things. Even on a national basis, says Kennedy B. Do you have any idea how many people all over the country watched you get your butt beat the other day, says Meg? Two million, says Kennedy B., as of noon. Two million folks looking afresh at our cause, says Meg. What a blessing for the movement. For which we work, says Kennedy B. By whom we are contracted, says Cheer. In which we very much believe, says Meg. Anywho, says Kennedy B. Onward to job four, says Meg. My eye goes wide. Oh, poor sweetie, no, Kennedy B. says. No more fighting. You're done with all that. Job four is going to be you lying right here, says Meg, as you are. Sitting up if possible, says Kennedy B. Talking to a nice lady curious about you and your life, Meg says. Your life is Greg, says Jer. You are Greg. will continue to be Greg. A simple, nice old guy who, having retired from a life of teaching math at a local community college, grew sad watching your country go in all the wrong directions and as a sort of late-life hobby or attempt to pay back all that was given to you by this wonderful nation became active in politics and, accordingly, felt and still do feel compelled to join these protests in order to let your feelings be known, says Kennedy B. We may want to go a little simpler with that, says Jer. And if I touch my hat, act sick, says Meg. Excuse yourself, get up, go to the bathroom. Does he even know where the bathroom is, says Kennedy B., I'll be wearing a hat, Meg says to me, then, at that time. Plus, can he walk, says Kennedy B. KTOD's here in ten, says Jer, so. Soon our prep is set. I even have bathrobe. The door knocks. He's so tired, Meg says to a lady coming in with second lady, with camera. We may need to keep this brief, says Jer. He took a crazy bad beating, Meg says. As you saw, says Kennedy B. As all of us saw, Cher says. As the whole world saw, Meg says. Nice old guy trying to voice his views, gets his free speech denied. What have we come to, says Kennedy B. Just wrong, says Meg. Lady, and you folks are... Niece, says Meg. Niece also, says Kennedy B. Nephew, says "Chair." Lights in my face. Blink, blink. Lady gives me look of love, and her voice changes to smooth and sympathy. Tell me, Greg, she says, why at your age would you feel compelled to join the protests, when you could be sitting comfortably here in this lovely home, enjoying your retirement or gardening if you enjoy gardening as so many old folks seem to, not to appear ageist, or playing cards or watching old movies on TV. I care about this country, I say, as prepped. Jer and Meg and Kennedy B. look at me like, yes, yes, how well said by her uncle. I believe I should be able to state my views, though old, I say. So true, says Kennedy B., so modestly put says Meg. Remember that time he anonymously paid my college tuition, says Kennedy B. That time he donated his Buick to the Park District, says Meg, anonymously. On a more serious note, to somewhat shift gears, the lady says, there are rumors afloat of a secret cadre of folks who are, one might say, mindwashed or sort of like zombies who just show up. Individuals blanked out mentally, Then reprogrammed human robots, so to speak, who arrive en masse, even in buses, for propaganda purposes, sans mind of their own? Silence. I I did not understand what you just said. Please explain, I say. He gets confused so easily, Meg says, these days, at his age. When he was younger, Jerry says, never confused, sharp as a tack. Just one sharp uncle says Kennedy B., of ours, says Meg. And that darn beating probably didn't help much, says Kennedy B. Have you, Greg, to the best of your recollection, received any training or programming of this kind, the lady says. Can you name, for example, the place of your birth? Meg touches her hat. Special high school memories, the lady says. A show you enjoyed as a child. Who are you, Greg? In what do you yourself believe? Freedom, I say, for poor and sick. And defend weak from oppressors. Ha, oh boy, the lady says, that is rich. Defend the weak. Allentown, Pennsylvania, Greg, ring a bell. Certain brutal events that occurred there to some union organizer folks in a mini mall. Galena, Illinois, what transpired there tragically last July to a group of unarmed middle school teachers. Meg touches her hat, clears throat. What is your last name, Greg? The lady says, Do you even know it? The approximate year of the moon landing. The name of the football team from Cleveland. How is it that this house was rented only three days ago? Why, when you fellows chant, do you always chant the same four words? Meg clears throat, widens eyes, touches hat. Bastard, turd, creep, idiot, the lady says. I hop up. Excuse self, go to bathroom. You call yourself a journalist? Kennedy B. says. You call yourself a person? The lady says. I wait in bathroom until ladies, camera, leave. Cat in tub. Curled up happy. Why oh why cannot I be more like it? Not confused. Just curled up. My tub making my purr be louder. Jer comes in, closes door, leans against. Okay, that was unfortunate, Jer says. That lady, Janet Ardmore, KTOD, News Team 2, stinker. Real cranky pants, kind of biased. Strange view of the world, bit of a liar. Funny how badness will just say whatever, you know. But I admit, we're in a bind. And no offense, you are one shit interview, pal. I do not understand what you just said. Please explain. I say. Door flies open. Meg and Kennedy B. squeeze in. Jer steps into tub with slight look of yikes. Cat races out. Jer, K-Zip's calling and calling, says Meg. W-Duck's parked right up the friggin' street in that yellow van with the beak on it. I do not understand what you just said. Please explain, I say. You know what, 89, says Meg? You're gonna stop saying that. You're driving me freakin' nuts with that. Meg's stressed, says Chair. We're all stressed, says Kennedy B. Contrary to popular belief, I'm not some bitch made of stone, says Meg. I never said you were a bitch made of stone, says Kennedy B. I said you could sometimes be a very company lady. Glim's on his way over, says Meg, with the portable, right? Totally works. We re-scrape per the QAPP, which we should have done long ago. It's brain damage, we say, to whoever. From the beating, see win win. Afterward, eighty-nine subdued and blank, can't speak at all. Who did it? Them. They did. Beat a nice old guy so bad they blanked him right out, and they call themselves moral like that. What a shame! Says Jer. Total waste of a year. He has to consent. Kennedy B says softly, handing Mega Page by hand. Are you sad, pal? Are you scared? Do you know what's about to happen? Says Jer. The time for delicate feelings is, I don't know when, says Meg, but not now. Miles and miles up shit creek here, says Kennedy B. And just like Snap, at her word of creek, I know creek is that, is that which, at edge of which we would build ramp of snow. Snow ramp. If jump no good, boy and sled fell in creek. Boy must run home, pants of ice, dragging sled. Pants getting more ice with each cold step. Through quiet blue winter town. Toward home sweet ma, I think. Then see her so clear. Flower and hair. Mouth going oh at sight of ice pants which I am to leave by door, on hefty bag, spread out. Here is Vixen, our dog, sniffing my ice pants, which I am no longer, which lie now on hefty bag, in shape of boy doing dance, one leg bent. Jer leans against sink, makes desk of own back. Meg puts page on Jer's back desk, Hands me pen. 89, this is just going to be your CF-201B, Meg says. Addendum to your CF-201A, which you already signed. Happily. Gladly. Earlier. When you first joined us, says Kennedy B. Joined our team, says Meg. It doesn't hurt, 89, says Kennedy B. Remember? It's just with magnets and whatnot. How would he remember that, doofus, says Meg. He seemed to actually remember kind of a lot, says Kennedy B. If I ever lied to you, 89, which I didn't, Jer says, or deceived you or withheld or misrepresented certain information, it was for your own good, to make your life better. Jer, why are you even going there right now, says Meg. Sometimes to do good, there are steps along the way which goodness must be Temporarily set aside or lost sight of, says Jer. Hooray, says Meg. Good meeting. Make your X-89, says Jer. Maybe now we can get out of this stupid tiny bathroom at least, says Kennedy B. I love that idea so much, says Meg. Carol, I say. What's that, 89? Says Jer. Carol Spencer. I say, Carol K. Spencer. Ah, shit, says Meg. Perfect. Carol K. Spencer, 439 Becker Street, Schenectady, New York. I say, 12304. Then place pen and sink politely. Per Meg, Jer takes me into Yard for Frank Urgent Pep Talk Pronto. At this right now, 89, says Jer, dusk. That there, aspen. Over there, storage shed. Gate. Sunflowers. This thing blowing? Breeze. Check that out, up there. Did you even know that was a thing? Sun and moon in sky at once. You seem agitated, pal, says Jer. Stand offish. Not your usual peppy self. I blink. Would like to visit, I say. Visit what? Jer says. Ma, I say. Ah, wow, interesting, Jer says. Bargaining. Pretty advanced. Is that your, uh, demand 89, like pre-signing demand? We take you to see your mother you sign? Yes, I say. I'm going to level with you, 89, Jer says. Have we done level with you? Figure of speech. Tell the truth, I say. Remember when we had all those moths back at Room Valiant, Jer says, and sprayed, and they were like lying all over everything, not moving, and we swept them up and bagged them up and all of that? Those moths were dead, had died, perfectly normal. Remember Gladys, who used to clean Room Valiant? Remember when Gladys started no longer coming in? A person reaches a certain age. No spring chicken, I say. Exactly, Jer says. Happens to everybody, even you, even me. Our mothers, even. I mean, think about it, 89. How old are you? 75, 80? Your mother would, of course, be older. Low over a yard comes fee of birds. Geese, says Jer. That sound, honk. The honks go deeper, lower as geese fly farther. Further, one geese falls behind. Flies funnily faster until back home again in his or her V. My mother is death, I say. (laughs) No, your mother is not death, 89, Jer says. She is dead, has died, is how we might say that one. Sorry, sorry for your loss. Must be painful to forget your mother existed, then remember she existed, then right away find out she's all of a sudden dead. Ouch. I thought I had it bad when I knew all along my mom existed and then she died. But sadly, this is the type of painful thing that occurs when a person gets a subpar scrape. Level with me, I say. Just did, says Jer. Again, I say. We're crazy tight on time, 89. Jer says. How did I get here? I say. Back door swings open. Shape of light runs out. Light shape. To Jer. Jer's shoes. Which light up. With light. Glimpse here, says Kennedy B. He needs help with the portable. My back is shit and Meg's back is shit, so... Kennedy B. goes back in, closes door. Light shape follows. Yard dark. Speaking again, or still, of Death 89, Tierra says, Look how weird and slow you walk. How short a breath. Are you entirely well? Totally young? We as a company paid for a routine physical, charitably, for all you folks living under that bridge, for lots of folks living under a number of bridges across a number of states. Results, for you, not great. So you said intelligently to yourself, hey, do I want to sicken and die under this bridge over the next 10 to 18 months? in the company of those same drugging, drinking creeps who have bullied and treated me like shit most of my adult life, or go live somewhere safe out west with killer meals and free meds and a team of young colleagues who'll watch over me and maybe even put some purpose back into my life. Blink. Here's what the QAPP says, Jer says. In the event of a subpar scrape, should associate refuse recommended rescrape, Associate is to be removed from program immediately and restored to his or her locale of origin, which for you, brother, means we ship you back east and plop you under that same old bridge among the fighting and the smoke and the filth, which is something I don't cherish doing to someone I've come to respect and, to be frank, even love. Blink. Sorry to be so blunt, 89, says Jer, but that's what friends are for. The night is now a big night in its sky. Low, blue, black. Stars all in a smear. Sun gone. Moon winning. Moon has won. From inside house, someone, glim maybe, coughs. Cat in window looks out, tail swishing, head tilted, as if to say, why not have me for your cat, 89? Sad. Sad, though. If blank slate, that sliding boy, those blue-white days, that flower-haired Ma, gone. And no one left to remember them ever again. No one left to remember Ma bringing my blue robe, wrapping me up. My sweet little man, she says. Imagine the lovely things you will someday achieve in this magnificent world. How proud you will make me your mother. Oh, Ma. Oh, sorry, Ma. Did not achieve any lovely in this magnificent. Back door swings open. Light shape runs out. Meg steps around Kennedy B, comes off porch, crosses yard, walking odd. Lee, high heels on wet grass, kisses me on cheek, puts flour in my pocket. Rose, Kennedy B. says from porch, means she loves you. Well, I actually sort of do, says Meg. Come on, 89, sweetie, let's go inside, says Kennedy B. Next thing you know, you wake up fresh, whole new start. No more looking backward, 89 says Jer, only forward, from now on. With us, says Kennedy B., your friends. Until the end, says Jerr. Doesn't that sound nice, 89? says Meg. Yes, I say. But can we give a few sex? I say. Can we give you a few sex? says Jer. Can you give me a few secs, I say. Not sure why we're getting super wonky over syntax this late in the game, says Meg. It's sweet. He wants some me time, says Kennedy B. They cross yard. Open door. Light shape runs out. Light shape runs back in. Alone in yard. Smear of stars, whitest, lowest yet. Aspen sway, storage shed makes frog noise with each breeze. Must think, take my few sacks to. I am not, am not now, am no longer Elliot Spencer, exactly. To me I am, now, has never been wino, has never had wine, does not want since never has had. The me I am now has words, memories new and old. I like him, who I am. Like him fine. Do not wish to lose him or his memories of Ma, or memories of Vixen, or of my old school, St. Damian's. Clang and breeze goes flagpole rope against flagpole. Vincent brings sugar straw me in his mitten, and sugar straw for him in his other green mitten, because we are blood brothers. Far from home. Ma dead. Jer stinker. Jer liar. No friend or pal in all of world. Breeze now more. Aspens shake crazy in their leaves gate clicks its latch with each new push of breeze. And just like Snap, I know Ma's gate was missing one hinge. Must be careful when, the way to be careful when opening Ma's gate is, use both hands. Much fun in Ma's yard. So many wild. Ma, holding picnic basket, rushes over. Wax me with basket. I laugh and laugh and... Ruth is there. <laughs> Ruth, I recall you. Oh, pretty. Ruth lies at base of tree. I just have... And blotto. Have just... knocked Ruth right... Ruth on ground, holding stuff bare I gave her. You break my heart, Elliot. I wouldn't marry you if you were the last. Ma. Al, sweet Jesus, you drink and drink and do such crazy. Grab bear from Ruth. Throw bear on grill. Bear burning. Ring I bought Ruth still taped to paw. Look at you, idiot, Ma says. Is that who you are? Give me those goddamn keys. Go out gate to my Electra. Brand new Electra. Ma drops gray head so sad. Helps Ruth up. Blink. Little sick recalling... That. Is that man me now? Would I, man I am now, knock down Ruth, throw Bear on Grill, get an Electra, drive to Tom's dizzy oasis, get further blotto? No if I could go back, would stand at gate, say, Ma, the me you see now is not the only me I may ever be. There is a me under this me who wishes to do lovely in this magnificent. And someday, watch Ma, watch Ruth, this new me, in his time he has left, even if it is only one thing lovely, will do. We'll try. I go through gate, using both hands. Mon, Ruth, in my mind, smile to see me go so new. Then am in back of, am behind of, am out of yard, in. I <laughs> now recall it, vacant lot. Glim, Meg, Kennedy, B. Jer still in house. Never have I been so alone with myself while outside knees hurt no spring chicken when and where will i death will i death alone probably yes I. little scared here is cactus word i know from long ago cartoons watch with ma one pal who might love with me possibly perhaps Janet Ardmore, K. Todd News Team 2. Might I find her? Maybe can. These west trees I know like snap are not my old east trees that I knew by name. Sycamore, dogwood, beech. I do not as yet know west trees' names, but will, will soon, can learn. I'm learning all the time. No night, star, moon, no walk, no hide, no path, and a little bit smiling.
0: Take it. That was George Saunders reading his story, Elliot Spencer. He's been publishing fiction and nonfiction in the magazine since 1992. On the New Yorker Fiction Podcast, we invite writers to choose stories from the magazine's archives to read and discuss. This month, Margaret Atwood reads "Corey" by Alice Munro. You can subscribe to that and other New Yorker podcasts by searching for The New Yorker in your podcast app. Tell us what you thought of this podcast by rating and reviewing The Writer's Voice in Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Our theme music is by Jordan Batiste and Ross Michaels of North American Plastics. The Writer's Voice is produced by Jill Duboff. I'm Deborah Treisman. Thanks for listening.